You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Priya. So now joining me all the way from Canada is Nora Rhiannon Jordan. Nora, it's great to have you here and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Priya. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm very excited as well. We have a lot to get into, um, but we'll start from the very beginning. So um, you've had a mo- you've had a passion for motorsport since you were very young, but in the recent years, you've just started racing and a bit of karting and now stepping into race cars, which is fantastic to see. Um, but I'd love for you to tell us how your interest in motorsport came about um, to then when you took the first steps into go-karting. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a long, like big family of pilots. Everyone in my family is in the Air Force for the most part. So I grew up moving around, being on different air bases, being exposed to all these different um, disciplines of flying. And I kind of like I was kind of pushed that direction by a lot of my family for a very long time. And don't get me wrong, I loved it. I actually ended up getting my private pilot's license at the end of high school when we were in COVID. We were kind of online learning, so I had all the extra time in the world to spend flying. So I, I did go, I did explore that for myself, but I always kind of wanted a little bit more. Um, so graduating high school, I was kind of unsure, like where I saw myself in like the regular workforce, where I saw myself being a pilot, if that's the avenue I wanted to take. And I kind of just decided that I needed the time to explore my passion for motorsport. I didn't have a lot of time, a lot of support uh, at the beginning because it was kind of seen as not really the career for me. Um, But yeah, no, I took a leap of faith at the end of uh, high school. I graduated, spent about two weeks with my friends um, on vacation, and then I moved out to Ontario, um, which is another province here in Canada, to race. It's very central. That's why I chose it. So here in Ontario, you can go to pretty much all of the big tracks in Canada, like going to Montreal for the Grand Prix is two hours away and going to the entire motorsport for like the old Grand Prix track, which we race at um, in my brand new series, uh, is another two hours away. So I kind of, I tried to move to the hub of racing here in Canada. I just got started. I um, I was lucky enough that I had a family friend that had a go-kart uh, track and he owned a, like, a rental karting uh, company. And I started working for him, getting like as much track time as I could and really just like being involved in the sport, getting into it like like as deep as I could just because I did start so late. Um, and then working up to racing on his team, both regionally and then nationally in my last year, I did my very first nationals, my uh, second year racing, which was pretty intense. And I took it kind of as like a big learning opportunity. Like I knew that I wasn't gonna be like number one uh, that weekend, but I knew that putting myself up against the best would like force me to become better and become the driver that I needed to be uh, if I wanted to be successful in racing and be successful in racing in the time period I have because I did start like after I graduated high school so I was already 17. Um, And then from there it's just been taking every opportunity I could you know like for me racing is kind of like doing what my heart wants it's spending the time uh, to become better at what I want and not necessarily take the path that's been given to me, been shown to me that everyone else is taking around me. And it's really just like, it's been the most exciting journey of my life so far. Um, Back in August, August, I applied to race with Formula Woman, which is a, um, they're a team out of 
lot of, I'm not sure this over in the, the UK uh, that tries to get women into motorsport, get women involved with like low budget and trying to just like get more girls in the sport. And um, we did a, a shootout here in Canada to get invited to go over for the finals. And I happened to rank really well in the shootout. I went over to the UK this past December with a bunch of my good, I was lucky enough to go with a bunch of my good friends um, that I met through racing. And um, yeah, we had the time of our lives uh, just getting used to new cars. It's the first time I ever drove a manual on track and it was right-hand drive, which is not what I drive on the street here in Canada. Oh my gosh, that was a learning curve. I was sitting in in the car with my instructor and they were like, Make sure that you uh, keep in mind that you're on the other side because every so often I'd like mess up my racing line because I thought like I was the positioning of the cars so different. Yeah, Yeah. the the vision is fully changed. Like you have to fully kind of reboot your brain, and it was it was so silly like learning to drive manual with my right hand as as opposed to my left. And oh my goodness, you know what's funny is that actually played on all of my pilot training because when you're a student pilot. Uh, you say obviously the the seats are kind of different, and you use the throttle with um, with your right hand. You push in and you pull out the throttle. So it was kind of nice that I had that like uh, diversity. So that I kind of I got into it pretty quick. But it was oh my goodness, it was terrifying <laughs> driving a right hand drive car on track. Um, but yeah, honestly, like just been jumping into every opportunity I could. When I got back uh, to Canada, I had a bunch of teams locally being like, oh my gosh this girl's kind of got something going for her. And I ended up going to Florida to drive Radicals, uh, which is a prototype uh, race car. Uh, I got to drive those for the weekend at Sebring, which is this beautiful track. It's the 12 hours of Sebring, something I definitely hope to race uh, in the near future. But my goodness, like all the learning I've been doing recently is it's crazy. And I'm, I'm so very lucky to be here and to be here and now getting into my brand new series, which is the Super Production Challenge here in Canada. It's just, it's insane. Like I, like I, sometimes I have to stop myself and think back and be like, oh my gosh, like two years ago, like you were sitting at home, not quite sure, like where you saw yourself in the world. And, and now you're driving cars and traveling and like actually like living life for the first time. So that's my, like my long, my long journey that hasn't really been so long. So yeah, a little bit of my background. And to think how old are you? You're only 20, 19, 20. I'm 19. I'll be 20 this year. Wow. Wow. And that's such a short time. So well done. That That's really good. You've just really Thank committed. Thank you so much. And so, to see you so passionate about it and genuinely doing so well, uh, that is amazing. But, um, yeah, with your with your go-karting, you, you actually you did quite well. So what were probably some of the highlights for you in your kind of those two years of karting that you did? Oh, man, I think my the one I think of the most is – the first like regional race I did, so I'd done club level events, but the first like regional race up against a grid of like 30 plus carts was one I wasn't actually supposed to race in. I was only gonna go and do a few practice sessions and kind of get used to bigger tracks, more traffic, all that kind of stuff. And on the Friday night, I was I said to my coach, I was like, listen, like uh, I've had the most fun. I've shown pace, like it looks like I'm, I wasn't on pace, don't get me wrong but I was very close and I, I kind of sat him down the trailer and I was like, listen, like I need to just do this race. And he was like, oh, I mean, I guess so. Like, it's like, it's up to you. But like, we wanted, like they wanted me to stay at uh, club level for a little bit longer and get more racecraft, which is 
I did I did both. I ended up running the seasons parallel to each other. But it was just it was kind of the moment where and it's it's been like the same type of moment through my whole career when I have to just kind of throw myself off the deep end. Um, obviously in a controlled environment, but in it, throw myself off the deep end really to kind of grow and see what I can do. Um, so yeah, wasn't supposed to race, just supposed to practice. And then I ended up racing and having like the best time ever. I didn't even like, you know, the best part is I didn't come last. My very first um, regional event, um, I did really well. I came in like top 50% and it was just, it was crazy. It was like, it was finally that moment where things fell into place. And I saw that like, all this hard work and training and like all these countless nights of like going over tracks in my head and like mapping out my racing line and like thinking to myself, like just in your head, like visualization a lot is what we did. So yeah, just all of it came together and yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, now you've stepped up into race cars, into the super production series. So can you tell us a bit about that series and how the opportunity to race in that came about? Yeah, so um, Super Production Challenge uh, being one of the biggest and best uh, non-homologated series here in Canada, I, uh, when I was in my last year of karting, I kind of I reached out to a few teams and to see if they needed any volunteers, if they needed anyone to just come and like, like I'll, I'll wash the car, I'll come, I'll do tires for you. And I kind of just put out feelers seeing who was looking for students and volunteers and people who wanted to get into the sport. I was lucky enough. Uh, to find one of the teams I worked with in my training for uh, the UK and they brought me on and they brought me to the last two races of the season and I got to just kind of be in the pits I got to be around the cars and see kind of what went into a race weekend like that and I talked to one of the drivers he's a good friend of mine Nathan Block and I said Nathan like what's your best your biggest advice for me like the best thing I can do for my career now to kind of get into cars because I knew that that's where I wanted to go and he said, try to run a full season of something. doesn't matter what it is, but try to start like being consistent in one, one series and start getting some sort of reputation where you can build uh, with the people you're working with, with the team, with the series itself, and just try to like cement yourself somewhere. He was saying, like, obviously, if you can only do a few races, only do a few races, but find a series that you can grow in and grow into and um, yeah, I just chose this production challenge. I'll actually be racing with him this year, which is super exciting. I actually sent him a text today. I got my competition license for the season. And I was like, Nathan, I'm so excited to race with you. And he was like, me too. Like I came to, like, I'm so glad it worked out for you. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got into SPC. And I'm lucky enough, like some of my best friends uh, that I've met through racing are also going to be in the series this year. So it'll be a lot of fun, um, all of us racing together. How exciting. That sounds great. And so I'd love to get into um, just more about your Formula Women campaign. So yeah, in 2022, you were a finalist for that. So uh, how was the experience? How did you, um, is it, was it something you applied for? Did you, did you get approached? And what was, what did the whole kind of experience entail there? Because you got to do a fair bit of travel as well. Yeah. um, So I started in the series, I met uh, Erica Hoffman, who was who is one of their drivers, uh, her and I raced go karts together a little bit on like a, a Wednesday night league, just kind of like an after after work thing that we did for fun. And that was her year that she applied to be in Formula Women, and she did the finals and got on the team and all that stuff. And then 
uh, I've just been in contact with her. She's been one of my like biggest supporters in racing. And she said that I should apply uh, the next year to get my career going somewhere. And I did. And it was it, so far, it's been a lot of fun. So Formula Woman, super simple to apply. Uh, they have an online portal. You put in like a little bit of your history and why you, and a lot of it is really why you want to be in racing and what you want to do with your career. And uh, they take all that into account. And I believe most people uh, get through to a selection. I'm not, I haven't heard of anyone that hasn't. So from there, you do a local selection. Uh, so for us, it was held at Calabogie Motorsport Park. And we had um, somebody they sent out to uh, uh judge us, I guess. It was it was a really uh, holistic approach they did to it. So we had a fitness portion, we had a knowledge test, we had media, we had in-car, and then we had like, just generally they were grading us on how we interacted with each other. And it was, they wanted to find a driver that was, that would not only be good on track, but someone that could like be a good role model for young women getting into the sport. And I think that's one thing Formula Woman is doing really well at is Absolutely. They take into account your drivability and if you can handle a track and all that kind of stuff. But they really want to focus on like building role models for young women in motorsport because it is so difficult to see yourself sometimes in the career that you want, uh, especially when everyone you see in Formula One and most of NASCAR and everything is kind of very male dominated. Um, so they're trying to build role models, which is fantastic. And then, yeah, from Calabogie, uh, I heard back the next week that me and a few of my friends got through to the finals, and the finals were definitely a whole nother level. There were 50 of us, I believe, from 300-some applicants they had, um, and they put us through two days of some pretty intense, like, fitness, uh, driving, interviews, everything. Um, it was a lot of fun though, and this is what I think is very different about women in motorsport. And it was so much fun because all of the girls wanted each other to succeed. And I think that's one thing that I've seen time and time again with the girls I race with regularly, the girls over in the UK, everyone that I've met in motorsport, like everyone wants to see you do well. I got so many girls coming up to me, good luck before my interview and like all those types of things. We went out for drinks after and it was all just like such an exciting atmosphere. Like no one wanted you to fail secretly. It was very just like supportive and everyone wanted to see you succeed. And like, even if you didn't make it on the team, I have some of the girls that I met in the UK, like on my Instagram, commenting on my things. And like, you know, like women in motorsport, although there's not many of us, like we're all very tight knit. Like once you know one girl, you find out, you know, three more and then you become friends. And it's just like, women in motorsport are fucking fantastic. I'll be honest. I, I totally agree with you there. It's um it's the same here in Australia. It just seems to be, you know, everyone knows each other, everyone gets around each other. And I honestly can say that I've never had an issue. So yeah, it's great, isn't it? And it's it's so good to see. Yeah, it. exactly. Even just in the recent years, um, you know, the the amount of women coming into it and and you know, everyone is welcoming everyone with open arms. And then, you know, we've got programs like Formula Women and we've got um, series now that is focusing on on highlighting women and, and celebrating them in racing and yeah fantastic that's no, really it's good it's so exciting it's so exciting just just on that obviously that program teaches you a lot about not only um, you know being in a car and, and racing but also the other aspects of motorsport which is fitness and media and you know branding and and how you have to portray yourself um so 
yeah, I, I guess, did you find that taught you a lot in that sense? Absolutely. Um, before I did the Formula Woman competition, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't talk in front of people. I had a few presentations in high school where I got up in front of my class and I burst into tears. I couldn't do it. I was the most nervous like person you will ever see. I would fidget all the time. I would, oh my goodness, it was bad. And then I kind of got thrown into it. Like, like I have been a lot of my, a lot of things in my career. I kind of got thrown into it. I did well, my very first track day in a car. Um, the team I was with brought out a media, t- media crew for us. Um, and we had to do interviews. I wasn't informed of any of this. I wasn't able to prepare. I got into the car with my coach and uh, Mark Andre, the owner of our team, was like, hey, and you're doing an interview. I was like, oh, all right. And um, don't get me wrong. It's not my favorite interview. Uh, but that kind of got me, like, got all the nerves off. And like at that point, it couldn't go any worse. And I just kind of jumped right into it. And honestly, now that I've gotten past that, I love talking about motorsport and talking about getting into motorsport and driving and everything. And like, I will come up to anyone and I'll talk your ear off about racing for hours. Um, but yeah, no, uh, interview skills are vital and I didn't have them. And I'm so glad that I now do. Um, and then, yeah, fitness, uh, for me, I grew up as a dancer. I was a cheerleader. I did pretty much every sport under the sun. So fitness wasn't as much of a wake up call for me, but it was, it's interesting after being in the car all day, how much you feel your body and how much you realize. And you, you kind of just like, thank yourself for going to the gym and like spending all that extra time, just like working on having a strong core and just really just like regular like having arm strength being able to drive a car with no power steering all day and it's just like all these things that you don't think about and people not in motorsport don't necessarily think about but it's a very physical sport like oh my goodness some days like after in the car after i was in the car for the first time last weekend i was in the car for eight hours i did an eight hour endurance um mostly myself and i could not walk when i got home (laughs) so yeah it's definitely taught me a lot about the, taking in the sport as a whole and not just looking at it as I want to be a racing driver. So yeah, it was a fantastic experience. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of other factors that goes into it. And I think a lot of people that aren't actually in the sport, they're not in, directly involved. They they just think it's just driving a race car around, but it's crazy, isn't it? The amount of yeah, I wish it was just it. driving a race car around. Yeah. My goodness, talking to sponsors, doing events, don't get me wrong, I love doing events, but reaching out to sponsors, talking, doing events and like working on fitness every day, kind of like sacrificing things that I would I would like to do, but I can't because I'm training. It's just like, I wish it was just driving the car yeah. sometimes. And I know a lot of like you drivers, you just want to race. Like that's the other reason you're doing it, right? Is you just want to race the car and sometimes the other stuff that comes with it. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, so... Yeah, how did you go kind of adjusting to the race car? Um, I know you did some testing for the Radical series. So what was that experience like kind of coming from, you know, little little go-karts to then going into an actual proper race car? Yeah, uh, so I think, honestly, the Radical is more similar to a go-kart than a lot of the sports cars I've been driving and the one that I'll be driving in my series just because um, it's not a very high-powered car. It's very light and you have to take a lot of the things you learn in karting, like carrying momentum and paying attention to like little inputs that you put into the car. And it's kind of nice that I came right from my go-karting background into the Radical. But 
it's just it's a whole different ball game. I find that um, a lot of people are very you'll get people that are either very cautious because they're in a car and it's expensive and you'll find people that are very aggressive because they're in a car and they're protected. So you kind of have to take a whole new level to being self-aware when you're in a car. I think that was honestly my biggest learning curve is you're aware of so much more. You have to pay attention to weight transfer and how you're easing onto the throttle and all these like little like nitpicky things uh, that you don't necessarily think of when you're in a go-kart that are just huge in car racing. For those listening, when when we organised this podcast, which was a little while ago, we've had it's been a lot of back and forth just because we're, we're both on different sides of the world. But you did mention to me um, a little while ago that you'd started the build on your car. So, yeah, how has that process been? Like, have, have you tested the car yet? Um, how did it go? It's been, honestly, seeing my car go from the streetcar. So I, I race a Subaru BRZ in my series, which makes 220 to the wheels, which is uh, spec for the series. So... Um, in my in the super production challenge, we have three different classes. Uh, we've got compact cars, which is 180 or less uh, wheel horsepower. We have production cars, which is what I race in, which is 220. Um, and then we have super production, which makes uh, 260 to the wheels. And they, we all race on the same track at the same time. So it's big for traffic and like learning to, um, be, again, be very self-aware on track and learning to drive against people that are faster than you and overtake those that are slower. So um, building my car, watching it go from a streetcar to a full race car was like probably the most exciting time of my life. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to do a lot of the work. I had my team do it, but I got sent like updates, like r- the most random updates while I was at work. Um, I'd get it sent a video of the guys just welding in my cage, just being like, look, like you have a race car. And it was just like, everything felt so very surreal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I still want to paint my cage pink. I'm not sure if I can convince my team to do that, but you know, I'll that. come. I'll break into the shop middle of the night with a sp- can of spray paint. You can't stop me. Good. Um, I want to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think it should happen. I feel like it would be really nice for onboards if it was hot pink. But you know, sure, if it stand out. If I can convince the guys, absolutely. And then like, I'll be watching my video, and it'll be extra cute. Don't get me wrong. Oh, maybe we exactly. could even do sparkles. I don't know. Um, Just go all out. But yeah, no, watching it, I think so. <laughs> watching it go from, yeah, streetcar to this performance vehicle was insane. Like, And then the first time I got to drive it um, was just, like, the most exciting experience I think I've ever had. It was too funny. Uh, we took the car on track last weekend for the first time, and the guys had been playing with, everything, all the suspension, uh, trying to make sure that it would perform well the very first time we got it out. And I went out <laughs> for my first session and it just, it felt like garbage. Don't get me wrong. I was so excited to drive this car. I got into it. I did like 20, 30 laps, it felt like garbage. And I came in and I was like, guys, like I think there's something wrong with the car. And it turns out they had left um, one of my coilovers super like stiff and the other super squishy. And I was, I was trying to get this car to hold through corners and it was just so imbalanced. (laughs) But you know, that's what you get sometimes when you throw together a car last minute, but fixed it, put it back on track for the rest of the day. And it was, it was a dream. Like this car, the BRZ handles very much like a go-kart in the way that you can manipulate it to do anything you want. 
if you want it to rotate mid-corner, it will. If you want it to hold through a high-speed corner, if you're giving the inputs properly, it will. And it's just, it's this beautiful little car to drive. So I'm very, very excited. We actually have a series here in Australia called the Toyota 86 series, which is, I think it's got coming to America as well, but pretty much the same car as the BRZ. And they're very, like, very good cars to learn in and, like, I think, yeah, you'll you'll have a lot of success in that and, and you'll learn so much. So how exciting. Mm-hmm. For, for you as a driver, what have you been doing in preparation for the season ahead, whether that's mental or physic- physical, just to, to get yourself kind of in tune? Yeah, so I've, I've been obviously doing a lot of training at the gym. I love going to the gym. It's kind of my release from my work day. I finish work, I come home and I make myself something to eat and I go to the gym or I take a dance class. I, like I said earlier, I grew up a dancer. Uh, so I, I chose to continue that through my professional life. And um, honestly, I can tell you, I, I know some football players take dance for balance. I think a lot of race car drivers should give it a shot because there's a lot of like little muscles that you don't use in your everyday life that you use in dance and you also use in racing and the core stability and the strength and being able to hold yourself for an extended period of time is something that's very prevalent in dancing. It's the exact same in motorsport. So definitely one of my recommendations would be to take a dance class, but right. yeah, in my, yeah, in my off, t- off time, I do a lot of training and then doing a lot of reaching out to sponsors and seeing, um, what I can do uh, to kind of get my message out there a little bit more, which is just following your dreams, following your heart and like looking into like not necessarily a conventional path, but doing what makes you happy in your everyday life. It's what I've been doing in racing. It's what I want to spread with my racing career. So it's trying to find sponsors and uh, people that align with that so that we can like make something impactful. Cause for me, it's not just, it's not just the racing. Uh, it's never been just about the racing. Uh, and I'm lucky enough, my title sponsor this year is the dealership I work for. And we're gonna, it's owned by a woman. She's fantastic. She's started, took over the dealership when she was 20. Um, and now, yeah, and she's been running it herself uh, ever since. And she wants to get into racing. Her daughter actually races go-karts with the team I used to be with. And it's super exciting uh, what we're looking to put together for this season. So. There's a lot that goes on in the background, but so far it's been so very exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what what would an average day look like for you? Let's just say it's a normal day, not at the racetrack or anything. You just, you wake up, you said you work at a dealership. I'd love to know a bit more about that. And then I guess you're training at night and then, yeah, just go go from start to finish. What would it, What would an average day look like for Nora? A pretty average day, get up around 6.30. I work at 7.30, so I like to get up kind of, roam around my apartment and make a coffee for myself and then drive to work. Um, I work 7.30 to 4.30 most days and then uh, drive home in the worst traffic uh, that there is here in Ottawa. My drive to work is 20 minutes and my drive home is anywhere between 45 and an hour. It's It's the exact same here. It's horrible. Yep. (laughs) It's the worst. It makes me want to like stay at work longer just to beat the traffic. Um, But yeah, go to work and then uh, I like to either do, I have either my dance class uh, right when I get home or I'll like make dinner, respond to some emails, do some work for my, for racing. And then I like to go to the gym like later in the evening when it's less crowded. Just because I find like I do my best work when I'm not like 
worried about anyone else in the gym. It's, it's really just me and it's me getting lost in what I'm doing and being able to push. So and I find honestly, and this is so counterproductive because I feel like a lot of people are the exact opposite, but I find I sleep better after I've finished in the gym. I don't get that like ramped up little energy burst. I just kind of like, I come home and I'm like, okay, now I can go to bed. So yeah, if I'm working out, I'll be uh, passed out by like 11. <laughs> Great. And so what, do you, what are some of your goals for the season ahead? I guess not just results wise, but also for you and your own driver development. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my big goal for the season is just to finish every race. We have some pretty technical tracks on the calendar this year. Uh, one is a like historic street race that they run in Quebec. It's called GP3R. It's in Three Rivers, Quebec. And the streets are extremely narrow. The walls are very close. And um, I keep hearing about all these like little mishaps that happen on track. And I just really want to get through every race this season. Uh, pretty cleanly um and then obviously like everyone's goal is to be on the podium but um yeah I think I honestly feel very fulfilled if I just improve so going from our very first test day in the series which will be tomorrow um going from our first test day to the end of the season I want to see like a solid improvement in myself and see that I've put in the work to become better and it's paid off and it's you know it's it's been fun um for me I've said it a billion times and I'll say it a million more for me motorsport is about enjoying myself and I'm so glad that I do and I'm so glad that I get to enjoy myself every day and spend time like working toward what makes me happy because at the end of the day the only person that you need to make happy and you need to please in life is yourself because you're the only person you live with right so exactly yeah (laughs) going into every weekend with a smile and coming out with one is is the goal absolutely I love your outlook on all this it's it's a very positive energy it's very refreshing so yeah I love that so this year what what tracks are you actually racing at just out of curiosity yeah so we'll be racing at Shenanville uh, Motorsport uh, which is just outside of Toronto we'll be racing at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park which is really in Toronto that's the old Grand Prix track they'll have that one's the big, that's our season opener is that track. That's the biggest track on the calendar. It's the most high speed track on the calendar and it's, it's in mid-May. Get so, the hard one out of uh, the way. That's good. Yeah. It'll be exciting. Don't get me wrong, but me and uh, my teammates are going to be up there a few times uh, between now and May 20th, getting in as many laps as we can. Um, and then we'll also be at Complex Icar, which is an old, uh, airstrip which i think is kind of the perfect uh mix for me it's an, it's an old uh, boeing test site which is pretty fun they also have a go-kart track i've raced at their go-kart track and this year i'll be racing at their car track which is pretty full circle um and then gp3r which is that uh street circuit that everyone loves and hates <laughs> so yeah. it'll be pretty exciting sounds very exciting and so what is if you could just think anywhere in the world what would be your favorite racetrack your dream racetrack my dream racetrack i'm to race at yeah i gotta think about this for a minute because there are so many that i love like watching and that are just i don't know i'd have to say uh going up driving at spa i feel like the elevation change is just so beautiful too i don't know but on that note, it's so beautiful. I wouldn't want to get distracted by how oh, like, yeah. how much I'm enjoying driving on this track. I feel like I'd be there in my car being like, 
be like, wow, this is so lovely. And then be like, oh my gosh, I'm racing. <laughs> like, shoot, I should get back to that. So yeah, definitely spa, uh, just because of how lovely it is. And the photos, oh my goodness, how beautiful that would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lovely. And so for you um, in your motorsport career, would you say, uh, who's inspired you? Who's kind of um, kept you going? Um. Honestly, the very first person I ever spoke to when I got into racing racing, was uh, Megan Jilks. She's actually in the F1 Academy this year. She's a good friend of mine. Um, and she was, I, can, I got connected to her through my karting coach and because she karted on the same team as I did. And she's really been like my rock in racing. Um, when things start, like, started to go wrong ever, if I was on track and I wasn't really sure if I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, any moment that I've had that I was unsure, I turned to Megan and she's got my back with the confidence that I, she knows that I'm passionate about the sport and she'll sit there through all of my problems and um, yeah, give me some uh, confident words, uh, getting me back into getting me back into the headspace I need to be to uh, continue racing. I love her so much. I'm so excited to see what she does this year and the F1 Academy. So yeah, definitely Megan. She's, she's fantastic. I think it's, it's fitting actually, because the F1 Academy, they just had their first, they had their yes. first weekend in the racing, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic races by her. So. I don't, and we, we don't get to watch it anywhere, which I don't understand. But it looks great. She's done really well so far in the F1 Academy. I, she was racing uh, GB4 last year. So it's, it's not crazy of a step for her. It's definitely something that's well within her wheelhouse and something she can definitely succeed in but it's so excited that the f1 academy is like kicking off and getting such a positive and excited response but i need like someone like tsn or another like streaming service or anything to pick it up so we can actually watch the races yeah yeah Um, i agree i saw they were filming it so i don't know if it's something that we can watch after but yeah yeah maybe they'll make some episodes or something yeah it should be broadcast that type of thing needs to be broadcast to get the reach that it really needs. So, you know, people need to know about it, I think. Yeah, that it needs and that it deserves, really. Is that probably, like, is that kind of a path that you would want to go down, that F1 Academy kind of path or open wheeler or, or you know, cars? What What's kind of your goal? I'm not sure. I would love, I haven't experienced an open wheel car yet. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. I actually considered racing in the Formula 1600 series that we have here. Um, it just didn't align well with what I wanted, what else I wanted to do this year. And it was a little bit more expensive of a series to get into right away. So um, definitely something I would want to explore. But so far, I love sports cars and I love um, the all the little things you have to think about. Uh, when you're driving a sports car so it's pretty exciting for me but yeah f1 academy um would be fantastic uh, these girls that are racing together i'm sure i'm sure with all i've seen in women in motorsport before like i'm sure they're all great friends and they all have a good time uh racing around the track and i love Susie wolf and having her as a t- team principal would be fantastic um yeah kind of a fangirl when it comes to Susie wolf i'll be honest me too me too she's amazing she's really cool oh my goodness So uh, we'll go back a bit to before you were in motorsport. So as you said, you were involved in dance and cheerleading. Um, And I also mentioned, I saw on your website, you mentioned that you would like to be a CFL cheerleader. So is this something that you're also working towards on the side? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I really like in my career, obviously, I really want to bridge the gap between like femininity and motorsport because you can be so feminine, you can still explore all the lovely little things that it is to be a girl and still be in this male dominated sport. I think going to the track as a woman, you're constantly reminded that you're not like this sport wasn't made for you. Even even when I was shopping for my new my new racing gear, all the shoe sizes are men's shoe sizes. All the suits are made for male proportions. Like everything like that. You're constantly reminded in this sport that it wasn't made for you. And it's a lot to do with mentally. And I think being able to go back to dance and cheerleading and kind of bring them together and show that you don't have to like be masculine to race in a male dominated sport. Uh, it's, it's huge. So that's really what I want to encourage uh, people to do is just and do what you enjoy even though it's not necessarily like what everyone else is doing um, and you can definitely do like a variety of things like I do with uh, cheerleading and uh, and racing. Also before getting into motorsport um, you were looking at going and doing university uh, so what what area of study were you looking at going to and is, is that something you'd eventually go back to? I was looking at every area of study that every university offers. I applied <laughs> I applied to nursing, I applied to commerce, I applied to arts, I applied to education, I applied I applied pretty much everywhere you could apply at every university in Canada. Um, I was lucky enough to get accepted at pretty much all of them and um, that was a fun conversation I had with my university guidance teacher in high school when she got back all my acceptances and she was like, oh, you're not taking any of these? You're going to drive race cars? Uh, she was a little bit confused. But yeah, no, I looked into everything. I honestly, that's why I'm not in university at the moment. I'm just not sure what I would be doing and what I would enjoy. And um, so far, uh, working in uh, with, working with sponsors and working in media has kind of been really exciting to me. So I've looked into doing some sort of communications, media, something. Um, but for me, I think that's a little bit more down the line. I see university as something that's always going to be there for me and always going to be available, which is exactly. so exciting. It's it's so great, and you can you can be a student in university at any point. And if I I have it on my radar, don't get me wrong, I'm saying that for my my parents, I have it on my radar. But um, no, it's not something that I see myself doing in this moment. I really want to enjoy motorsport and like kind of throw myself into that and see how far I can take it. Um, but if, and if I choose to come back to university and do something with communications or take a few courses to get better with sponsors and all that kind of stuff, I absolutely will. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see it as you need to go to school. They need to go to do more school and they need to get a job. For me, life isn't very linear in that way. It's, it's okay, this is exciting. Let's explore this. And from that, I learned that I liked communications. And then from there, I wanted to, I wanted to be a broadcaster. I wanted to work in media like you are so there's just there's so many different things that can lead in any direction and I'm just kind of riding riding life in that way so it's exciting it is and I think on that as well for anyone listening school yes it's it's important to an extent and there's all this pressure nowadays to go to uni or or in Canada or I don't don't know if it's different there but to college or or wherever you know it's there's all this pressure and honestly I think if you find something that you really like you you will just find a way to do it whether you do go to uni or not you know for me I I never went to uni I just I had my foot in the door and I and I got through and it's the same for you you've just really shown your passion and commitment and what you want to do so 
it's, as you said, it's always something you can come back to. And yeah, I think doing what you love is the most important thing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And people always say that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So let's and keep so doing true. what we love. And yeah. it really is. Yeah, when I'm sitting out late with drafting emails, trying to find out who I want to work with next and how I want to work with them, like that doesn't feel like work to me. It's exciting and it's fun. And it like it triggers the part of my brain that wants to sit down and do it instead of just being in class where I'm waiting for something interesting to happen. Um, it's just, it's so much fun. Yeah, very good. All right. And as tradition for our last question on the Girls on the Grid podcast, we would love to know your advice to someone who is wanting to become a race car driver. Oh, my goodness. Uh, be so true to yourself. Uh, be, being in race, racing is cutthroat. Racing is uh, be good or go home. And it's be the best version of yourself every day at the track. But it's also be true to yourself. I worked with uh, some teams and some people and I've met some people in my life that I don't necessarily, my values don't align with. And I had to sit back and I had to um, evaluate whether or not I wanted to be okay with the way that they were treating people. Um, or if I wanted to go another way and work on my career in a way that might not have been as quick and it might not have been as um, cost effective and it might not have been as it might not have been as fun, but it took. I took the time to be true to myself, and I think that's definitely the advice I would give to anyone. Is in motorsport, you can do things to get up, get ahead, um, but as as if you're not happy with the way that you're doing them, uh, then what are you doing? You know. So. Great, really good. Well, Nora, it's been so great talking to you today. Thank you for joining me. I know it's crazy being on the other side of the world and figuring out time zones but yeah I really appreciate your time and yeah I think I came across your page a few months ago and I just was like I, I've got to talk to this girl uh, she seems amazing so yeah it's great to see how far you've come in such a short time and uh, your passion and commitment is is really really awesome very inspirational and I'm sure you're going to do very well so good luck with everything um, enjoy your test day tomorrow uh, looking forward to seeing how you go yes Thank you so much for having me, Priya. I was I I loved being on the podcast. You've just listened to another Network Hub production. 